Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santorelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I am going to uh, recap my Thanksgiving. I'm also going to try to finish the last few episodes of RIP Diets that covers the rest of the intuitive eating principles. Uh, It's a lot to get through, so it may get divided up into two episodes, but we'll see if we can get through it today. Um, Just a quick personal update. I have been, I've honestly not been well (laughs) this week. I've been just completely... I don't know. I've been on edge. I, so today, today's Friday. I'm keeping this on a Friday and it's, it's the week after Thanksgiving. And I, so our, our final closing summary for my arbitration was due today. So we've just been going back and forth with our attorney and my CFO, just putting kind of the polishing touches on the summary and I am just, I'm, I'm literally obsessed with getting the outcome. I mean, I, I've just been trying to get through this week. I've been trying to, you know, find happiness in each day, which I do. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm very grateful for a lot of things in life and I, I take time to focus on those gratitudes and, you know, I find joy in very small things like loving my dogs and, and, you know, being able to work from home and be around them while I'm working and, just all kinds of little things, nature and my family and my boyfriend, like all these things bring me joy and happiness. But I, I, I mean, every night I've been up till midnight, like pouring through this binder of the case and reviewing everything and obsessively reading our summary. And I'm just, I'm, I'm consumed with it. I, and I'm sorry, I keep talking about it on this podcast and probably all of you are sick of it, but it's, it's, it's literally been the hardest year of my life and and i i just don't know what i'll do if we lose or we don't get the outcome that i want and i mean there's lots of outcomes that could be favorable to us that i would be very grateful for i just i don't know mentally how i will handle it if it if it goes south so i feel confident i mean i feel as confident as i can be I, I, I mean, all the facts of the case are so clearly on our side that I don't know how it could go awry, but I just know that the justice system is sometimes really fucked up and it could. And so I can't stop thinking about it. And uh, I just, so next week we'll know, I, I believe that next week we'll get the answer. And so I will hopefully be taping this af, af, right after we get the verdict and I will let you all know what happened and I just, I don't know, anyway, I need to know. And, and I was happy that, that Thanksgiving was last week and that I was able to have time with my friends and just take my mind off, off of this because I was really excited. Like I do get really excited around the holidays. And I think part of it is that, you know, right now I'd be Christmas shopping and I'd be doing all these things. And and I have no money. Like All my money is tied up in this stupid case. And so that's, I think, why I'm also distressed. It's like, I want to buy presents for people. I want to be able to freely shop. Like, I've always, I've always had a job and I've always been financially secure in my life for the most part. And uh, it's just, you know, anyway, so, but last week was 
really fun. So over the weekend, uh, my best friends, um, my, my friend Michelle and her boyfriend Chad came into town and they got here actually pretty late on Friday. They, uh, no, I'm sorry, on Wednesday. They came in Wednesday. <clears throat> and, you know, Wednesday is typically like a big go out night. But I was up at four in the morning. So Tuesday, Wednesday, I've just been waking up at four in the morning and I just can't get back to sleep. If I'm excited about something, I tend to get up way earlier than I normally would. And I just, I just, I'm excited for the day and I just can't get back to sleep. So that Wednesday, I was up at literally 4 a.m. I had a million things to do. I was running all over the place, grocery shopping, getting all the, all the things ready. And Thursday, the next day, we were having the turkey trot. So I had to get up at like at least, you know, 5.30 a.m. to get ready for that. Excuse me. So, um, so Wednesday, you know, we were hoping that Chad and Michelle, I mean, we were planning to have dinner with them and have, maybe have a couple drinks uh, before Thursday. But they ended up getting like, I think they slept in and they got up, you know, off to a late start getting on the road. And of course, there was kind of traffic coming from Los Angeles. So they got, ended up not getting here till almost 8.30 or they were they were on their way. And basically it was like, okay, so you guys aren't going to be here until 8.30. And I didn't want to go out and go out to dinner. And, you know, I just, I was exhausted, you know, and mentally because of this whole situation that's been happening, I've just... I just don't have a lot to give. You know, I'm like, I have zero patience. I'm on edge with everything and everyone. And I, I feel bad. It's just, that's just my st current state of being. And um, so I just really needed to like mentally be like, you know, hey, Michelle, like I, if you get here late, like we just, we're just not going to want to go out like to dinner. And I know she was disappointed. And I know that her, you know, they had a long drive here. You know, they were on the road for like seven hours at least. And so they got here. They did end up like grabbing some food and and getting uh, back to our place by nine thirty. But I was like ready for bed by then. I was exhausted. So we did chat with them for a little while and hung out a little bit. But um, we got to bed early, and I did thankfully get a good night's sleep and got up ready for the turkey trot. And the turkey trot was great. Um, you know, last year I I said I would trot and walk some of it, and I didn't. I like pushed myself to like actually like finish the run. Um, this year I did intervals and I, and that's what I like to do. I like to like walk for a minute, run for a minute, walk for a minute. This is, that's what I do on the treadmill. And it worked and it went great. And I told Chad this time, my boyfriend, I'm like, we need to bring headphones this time. Cause last year I didn't bring headphones. And this year I'm like, I need some, some like music motivation. So got the headphones and listened to good music, did interview intervals, and it was much warmer this year. Uh, the sun was shining and, um, the, uh, the wind wasn't blowing so much. Last year, the wind was just blowing and it was freezing. This year was uh, much better. There wasn't a lot of wind. And so it was it was really beautiful. And it was funny because like right after, usually after, right after I work out, I don't want any food. Like I think there's something where it like release, releases glucose into your bloodstream. And that's why a lot of people like aren't hungry directly after working out. Uh, but I was, I was like ready for, so this girl, Susan, that, that, um, that also ran with us, she brought freshly made donuts. <laughs> so I did have a maple donut and it was delicious. We had a drink. We had, I had a truly right after. And, uh, so yeah, it was breakfast of champions 
And, uh, but it was nice. It was really nice to like have some, some balance in the morning, work out, get up early. And then we headed back to the house to start making food. And I just love, like, I just, I love cooking, especially when I have time. I had a whole day to cook and, you know, my friends were there and, you know, Chad opened the big door that we have out to the outside. It was beautiful. And there's football playing on all the screens. Not that I like football, but I don't know. There's something about Thanksgiving and having football in, in the background. That's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of cool, kind of calming, fun, just very seasonal. And, um, and I ended up making some fresh squeezed, uh, some fresh squeezed orange juice from our little tree out there. And we made mimosas. So we had, uh, some Prosecco with some fresh squeezed orange juice. And that was amazing. And, uh, I had Michelle help me with all the hardest things that I didn't want to do, which was mainly like shelling some of the Brussels sprouts, which I then later ended up burning. So it was a total waste of time and effort, but whatever. Um, and then, and then she also, I had them peeling the potatoes and making the beer cheese potatoes, which, um, they didn't, nobody really, they, they didn't get eaten a lot. Like a lot of them didn't get eaten, but. Uh, I think Chad did finish them off in the leftover. So uh, the turkey came out beautiful. Now, here's the problem. I need a double oven. And I'm sure a lot of you feel this pain. But it was, you know, I had the turkey was so big. I got a 22-pound turkey. I did not need to get that large of a turkey. But the turkey, like, I mean, I was hoping to be able to fit some stuff at least on the very top shelf of the of the oven, and that was just not happening. So yeah, it's, it was challenging. Um, and especially like when Chad's family came over, they brought a mac and cheese. They brought a thing of gravy. They brought like three different things that required warming up. And I, I didn't, there was just no room. All the burners were being used. All the oven, the oven was stacked. I mean, that's how I ended up burning the Brussels sprouts. Um, I had it on broil for the garlic bread and then left that on for when they put it, I, I think I burned the green bean cast. I, I kind of burned it. I caught it right before it was like too burned to, to like be beyond eating, but I'm sure it wasn't good. Like it probably wasn't warmed all the way through. It was probably just like really hot and a little bit burnt on top. And then probably like the part that was supposed to be warm and creamy in the middle was on the green bean casserole that they brought. Probably wasn't. So, and then they had a mac and cheese. Anyway, what I, what I think for next year, if we do entertain, I think what I'll do is try to do some like, um, like Dutch oven type of situations where I can take a pot that actually plugs into a plug and just have it off on the side so that I don't have to use an extra burner and that I could do, I could do the corn in there. I could do another one and do the stuffing in there. So I just need more space and more you know, more burners, more oven. Anyway, but everything came out delicious. The gravy, the pork gravy that I was so excited for was unbelievable. If I do say so myself, it was so delicious. And yeah, I just, you know, and and by the time I made a plate that night, I don't know, I would like, I mean, obviously like everything you put on your plate for Thanksgiving is so full of butter and heaviness that, you know, you, you can't eat a lot. I mean, it's so rich, but, um, oh, so good. So, 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 so good. And I didn't really have a lot of room for, 
um, for dessert right away. So I did eat dessert a little bit later. I didn't really love the pies, but uh, next year maybe I'll make like a maple bread pudding or something like that. But um, it was really nice. Chad has, Chad's family is so sweet. Like his sister Bryn is a sweetheart. I love, I actually love her kids. I'm not, a, I'm not a really a kid person, but I will say like his sister's kids are all really cool and polite and nice. And the littlest one, Cooper, is like the cutest little girl. And, um, you know, Michelle and Chad were fun. It was just a nice night. You know, we um, drank a lot of wine, ate a lot of food. I did end up having leftovers after the dinner and just went to bed feeling sick because I ate too much. That's a common theme for the past week. So Thanksgiving pass. So Friday we get up. Now the guys went and played golf. So that was good. We kind of had the house to ourselves, Michelle and I. And we, you know... We, we both had some work to do, so we did some work, and then we went for a little walk with the dogs, and then we went to do a red sauna, red red light sauna, which was nice, and, and then, so here's where I think it started to go bad, where I'm just, I'm still recovering and just not feeling good, so we did have some balance basically leading up to this Friday after Thanksgiving, because, you know, each day, like, ran, had a healthy morning, and then, you know, debauchery at night, which is what I like to do. Friday, we went to meet the guys after they played golf. And I don't know, like we, we started like drinking, the drinks were flowing and Michelle's, (laughs) Michelle's boy, fiance, Chad, she's also dating with a Chad. Um, he was, he was like on one. He was like, order more shots, order more like Irish car bombs or, and, and so my one regret, okay, I'm not one to regret things, but my one regret from this past weekend was doing an Irish car bomb. Like they're, they're disgusting. They're, I don't, I hate shots. I I'm beyond the shot phase in my life. I don't want to do shots anymore in my life. And I thought I've reached a point where I like 100% will not do them, but I, I, I'm I realizing I'm still susceptible to, to peer pressure. And I mean, it's not like it was like peer pressure. I just kind of like go along with it. I'm like, I want one too then, you know, it's like the pickleback. Like who likes a pickleback? That's like some shot with pickle juice and it's disgusting. It's whiskey, pickle juice. It's gross. It will literally make your stomach curdle when you think back about what you drank. That's exactly what happened with a stupid Irish car bomb that I did not really want, but drank anyway. Oh, ugh, I will throw up right now thinking about it. Um, so yeah, so we, oh my God, Friday was a drinking day. We ended up going back to our house and I'm just happy that Chad didn't crack his skull open on our pool because he was like literally doing backflips into our freezing cold pool that night. <laughs> ah, it was an interesting night. Um, okay, so that was that was Friday. Saturday, you know, and and I'm one that like I can usually drink one night a week, maybe two, and and definitely not consecutive nights. This was Thursday, Friday, so now we're at Saturday. So Saturday, you know, we had a ch- pretty chill morning. Um, you know, got some working out in. Actually, I don't think I worked out that day, but um, you know, relaxed in the morning. Oh, Chad ended up playing golf again with one of his buddies that lives here in Scottsdale. Not my Chad, but Michelle's Chad. And so 
Michelle, my Chad, and I went to a speakeasy in Phoenix, which is really cool. I really like those kind of like hidden underground bars. You you leave through the staircase and they've got the most interesting craft cocktails you could possibly imagine. They're delicious. They're interesting. They're unique. They've got lots of different flavors. And so we went there and had that with a nice charcuterie board. Michelle had some oysters that I filmed. If you follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast, I am obsessed with people eating oysters in front of me because it's just, it's very interesting to me because they look gross and they look like they taste gross, but I do know that people like them. So I watched her eat the, the, the oysters and then we went and had some more drinks and uh, some really good tacos and chips and salsa at Local Patron. We met my friend KK and the, oh my God, the crispy, crunchy tacos with the shredded chicken. Mm. So good. This place has the best salsa. It's so I don't like chunky salsa. I like a thin kind of like really, um, it doesn't have to be completely smooth, but when I don't like big chunks of tomato, I like it when the tomato is like super finely chopped and it's like a, just a thinner, more liquidy salsa. And they have the most ideal salsa in my mind. And so we had some drinks, had some delicious tacos and some chips. And then, so after we met uh, Michelle's fiance, the other Chad, at, I should call him Charles. So Charles, just so you guys don't get confused. So Charles, after he finished playing golf, he was gambling at uh, Talking Stick. So they, they played golf at Talking Stick Resort, which is a casino and resort. And they have a golf um whatever golf golf course and uh so we met her fiance charles there and and again he was he was on one um we had some good espresso martinis the guys gambled i hate gambling i just i hate it um everybody lost their money so <laughs> that's why i hate gambling and we didn't stay there long honestly we were there for like an hour and then we left and yeah, ordered pizza that night, ate more leftovers and went to bed. And then Sunday was just football. And I did make a really good beet juice to kind of help my liver to cleanse. And uh, so that was good. Sunday was pretty chill. But since last weekend, I've just been, you know, pretty much like overeating on all the turkey leftovers, which... I love to do. Um, I love, love, love turkey Thanksgiving leftovers. I like making. So at first I just made like the leftovers with all the gravy and the stuffing and the turkey and the corn and just like made a big plate. And then I did make a sandwich one day with a bagel. And now I'm I'm at the like the open faced time. And so I think now, yesterday, I pretty much finished up all the leftovers. I think I have like one more bite left, which it's been over a week, so I probably should just throw it away. But it's so good. I mean, I, I don't get sick of leftovers. Like I can eat them for an entire week of the turkey Thanksgiving leftovers. Some of you are probably like, you're disgusting, but I can't get enough of it. So I just love that meal so much. I know a lot of people don't like turkey, but I love turkey. I like a fresh roasted turkey and all the fixins. It's just, I, I'm obsessed with it. So, so that was good. So I'm almost through that, but I also decided to make 
chocolate cupcakes with um, actually they're Funfetti Oreo cupcakes with chocolate frosting and sprinkle jimmies. And, you know, so the last week has just been, oh my God, I've been eating. I got baklava. I got, you know, sugar-filled corn, the toffee corn, corn things. I got, you know, I've been eating all the leftovers. I ate, you know, four cupcakes and I, I mean, just totally off balance. I mean, the only balance I've had is I have been working out just because I've been so anxious about my trial that I've just, I've needed to get that workout in just to like relieve some anxiety and release some endorphins. And, you know, I truly do it just to, you know, increase my level of happiness and relieve anxiety. It's not about weight loss or anything like that. So thank God I've had that because when I have stopped working out and I'm overeating like that, that's where I I really gain weight very quickly. So I haven't gotten on the scale. I just, I also started my period. So that, that also could like the, the one night that I especially ate so much, I was like, so sick. Ugh, I was like, what am I doing to myself? Uh, again, very against intuitive eating, but I don't know, like I decide that I'm just going to do this some weeks. I'm like, I need a week where I'm just going to eat whatever the hell I want. I know I'm going to make myself kind of sick and I know I'm, my stomach's going to hurt, but I just do it anyway. And that's what I've been doing this week. So I'm not feeling good. I'm, my stomach hurts. I'm, I'm just feeling gross, to be honest. I, you know, and it's, and again, it's, I, I consciously have made this decision to eat this way. And, but when I, when I'm told, like when I have very little balance, uh, and I'm drinking and I'm like, I just don't feel good. Like I, you know, I, I feel like I'm harboring like some, some cold virus inside my body that wants to come out. And, um, and I also like that overeating feeling and your stomach is just all messed up. And I don't know, I, I definitely need to like refocus. I do want to have like some sort of like carnivore day, I think, where I just eat like really you know, just protein and maybe, maybe I won't do carnivore. Maybe I'll do protein and vegetables, but I do need like a reset day. So I think this weekend I'm going to try to do a lot of self-care. I think I'm going to go to the red light sauna. I might do a Pilates class, but I'm going to slowly start to incorporate some of my healthier habits back in over the weekend, which usually the weekends are completely off balance. But, um, this weekend, I think just because my week has been so just, you know, both stress-wise, trying to get through it. I think that's also been it. Like I've been trying to get through this week because I knew that the summaries were due at the end of this week. And I'm like, let me just just comfort myself with food through this week to get to the end of the week. And then next week, next week we get our verdict and, you know, I can start to have more balance. And anyway, so that's kind of like mentally where I've been. I've been totally mentally off and, you know, just eating whatever, you know, I just, I needed, I just kind of needed that. I just needed to like, let it, let it all ride (laughs) this week. And so, um, hopefully next week I can report more balance, um, besides just Thanksgiving leftovers. All right, so now let's get into um, a review of RIP diets. We'll talk about principle number six, feel your fullness. And this is from Emily Lubin at Lubination on Instagram. And so 
this principle is all about in in order to honor your fullness you need to trust that you'll give your body the food it wants listen to the body signals that that are saying that you're no longer hungry observe the signs that show you are comfortably full pause in the middle of eating to think about how food tastes and what your current hunger level is now and so she, she goes on to talk about the different levels of hunger and, and how it's important to get to know the different states you're in and learn to observe your body signals. Now, I'm pretty good at this when I'm, you know, when I'm being really focused, I definitely understand my body signals and when I'm starting to get hungry. Um, it's when I'm choosing to just not, to just ignore all those. Like, like this past week, I knew at night, that I would be eating till my stomach hurt. And that's, I, I guess that's not true intuitive eating. Cause like that's supposed to be the antithesis of intuitive eating. Like you're supposed to listen to your body and stop when it hurts or if way before then. Um, but I think for me intuitively, I just need those breaks where I'm just like, I'm just need to eat as much as I want, however I want. And, uh, so I, I, choose in those moments to ignore that I'm like really full <laughs> and you know I I just I want to eat more and I will smoke more pot in order to get the munchies again to eat more during those times where I'm choosing to overeat and that's just me <laughs> that's me uh obviously that's not what most humans do probably but that's that's what I do um and so so, but, but when I am really being focused on balanced living and eating like the 80-20 rule, which is my norm, right? That's the normal state that I like to be in. I, I will eat like a little bit of my meal and then put it aside for a little bit later. Like I'll eat half of it and then go back for more when I'm hungry again. Because it is interesting, like even when you are ravenous, if you eat like a few nuts and you wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like you'll, you'll be way less hungry and way more in control than, than you were, you know, 20 minutes prior. So it really is true that like, if you really take time to understand, you know, what satiates your body, um, it, it can help you, it can prevent you from, you know, overeating and it, you know, it can, it helps you feel your fullness and, and really understand what your body needs to be full. So, um, you know, Emily talked about how hunger varies depending on hormones and stress. Uh, and then there was a writer that wrote in that was asking, you know, how long did it take your body to get used to intuitive eating? And this was a writer that had anorexia and, you know, she was worried because she's maintained control of her body for a long time. And she's just worried that, you know, she'll, she's worried that she'll become huge if she lets herself relax and eat what she wants. Um, and so she feels like she could be out of control for a whole year. And so, so this tied into a topic that Emily wanted to discuss, which is extreme hunger. And she's like, she said, when you've been restricting your body is thinking that it's going into a famine and your body does what it does to survive. Your brain is hardwired to prevent yourself from entering the next famine. 
So you need to give yourself unlimited access to food so that you can build internal trust. And so, so she talked about this experiment that was done. And I have heard of this experiment before. It was the Minnesota Starvation Experiment Study. And it was back in 1944, and it was only uh, done with men. There was 36 men that participated, and they wanted to learn about the effects of starvation. This was after World World War II, and they wanted to rehabilitate people that had been, you know, starving in the war. And so for three months, they put these men on a diet. They started them out on 3,200 calories, but then ended up reducing it to 1,600 calories, And 1,600 calories for these men was low enough to mimic starvation in the body. And so over time, the subjects ended up developing this obsession with food. And they had a change in personality where they were mainly preoccupied with mealtimes. So instead of talking about politics and world events like they were when they were at 3,200 calories, once they got cut down to 1,600 calories, they were just focused on food and mealtimes. And they also developed a really bad self-image And they perceived other people around them that were normal as fat. So then after six months, they were given unrestricted access to food. And they developed, they reported that they they developed extreme hunger, where they required way more calories to feel satisfied. And so it took time, but, you know, because they had had that starvation period, they did need way more because their body was experiencing extreme hunger due to their restriction. But over time, as they started to to eat more regularly and incorporate more calories, they did go back to normal. So there was a restoration of that internal body wisdom. They had to regain trust that food will be there. And they did, you know, it took a little bit, but, but they did regain that trust. So Emily does recommend that, you know, if you've been restricting for a long period of time, let yourself go crazy, like let yourself overindulge. Um, you need to build trust that food is going to be there and that you're not going to be restricted. You need to give your body that trust back. And so she recommends not weighing yourself during this time. She's like, scales can lie. They can be very discouraging. And, you know, you just don't need to detach your self-worth to a number. And so, you know, and this is very different from, you know, the when I review Jenny Hutt, who now has a podcast and she does her Weight Wednesdays, but she likes to weigh herself constantly to get data points, kind of to see like how her body responded to uh, certain ways of indulging. But, you know, Emily hates that idea of good and bad days based on a stupid number. She said that she used to have, you know, she would get on the scale and have a really bad day if the scale was up a pound. And she would have a really good day if it was down a pound. And she's like, my my self-worth and my happiness can't be tied to my, to the stupid number on a scale that means nothing. And so she did talk about this really interesting theory, which I, I believe in actually. It's called the weight set point theory. And it's, it's about the fact that there's, or I don't know if it's a fact, but it's, it's, it's a theory uh, that there's a 10 pound window where your body feels comfortable and that your body will basically stay around that weight if you are, you know, you know, doing normal, you know, eating normally. I, I don't know if that's part of the theory, but that's kind of what I took from how she described it. 
evidence. So there's evidence to support the evidence to support this theory is that people hit this plateau, right? They, they talk about the plateau and, um, it's usually that last 10 to 20 pounds that diet culture kind of says, push through it, keep going. You know, you'll, your body will push past that. And, but she, she thinks that those last, those last pounds might be below that weight set point. Now, I do think that this can be true. I think for, because I used to have weight loss clients that were, you know, if to look at them, they were already thin and they would be coming in just to lose 10 pounds on the weight loss program that I worked at. And, you know, the thing is, is they would have to be really, really, really consistent to see just, I mean, for people that have a lot of weight to lose, they can be a little less consistent and still see the drops. But when you are that close to your weight set point, you do need to, you know, it, it takes, it takes longer to lose weight and it takes more consistency. And that Jordan Syatt did, did a really good, um, he does some good posts. Like he posts and, and shows like the weight fluctuation between when you're starting and when you're losing and your body will have those ups and downs until it ultimately continues to go down. If you are overall being really consistent with, you know, eating, uh, you know, in a way where your body, you know, if you're, if that's your goal, if you're trying to lose weight, it will take a little bit longer, you know, the closer you are to your goal weight. And the way that this has played out in my life is, you know, when I, when I think about restricting and I know my body can consume way more calories than, than I, you know, so here's an example. So, you know, there's times that I'll, you know, I'll try to be eating mostly whole foods during a week and, you know, I'll get to the end of the night and I'm kind of, kind of getting, just wanting something. And I'm like, okay, I could go make a half bagel with butter, but I also could just like not do that. And, but the reality is I'm like, well, my body, like I've worked out today. I've eaten really, you know, whole foods all day. If I eat this half a bagel, it is not going to change anything. It's, it's not going to, I'm not going to lose weight. I'm not going to gain weight from it. I, I can consume these extra calories and this extra food and be satisfied and get a good night's sleep and not have to worry about it. You know? So why wouldn't I, <laughs> you know, why wouldn't I? And so I could die tomorrow. Why don't I enjoy this bagel tonight? So I do it. And, you know, and that's kind of this thing in my head that I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? Like, I, I want it. I don't have to worry about gaining weight from it. So let me enjoy it. And I think about this with this girl, Healthy with Chelsea, that I follow on Instagram. I used to work with her at Equinox. And this girl is like, like very, very whole foods, like plant-based. I mean, you know, you wonder if she eats anything indulgent. Uh, it's very, very, it's very few and far between where she'll post like, oh, she got, you know, pizza for her kids, but she'll show that she's eating the, whatever it is in a, in a lettuce wrap or she eats soup instead. And so, you know, when you look at her, and again, I know you're not supposed to talk about people's bodies, but I'm going to anyway. She has like no fat on her body. I mean, she's in great shape. She's a beautiful girl. She is so lean. You know, her body just has like no fat on it. And 
you know, I, to each zone, like I definitely have a good amount of fat on my body, but that's because I like to eat indulgently, you know, at least 20 to 30% out of the day. And, and, and I mean, during like this week, I've been way, it's been way off, but you know, on a normal basis, I don't mind having that extra 10 pounds on me, a little bit of carb fluff, I, you know, I think some, some extra fat and some curves look good. That's just me, you know, but there's our people like healthy with Chelsea that really like that lean look. And she eats that way to, to maintain that look. And so, so after Thanksgiving, like she's, you know, posting that she's doing prolon. And I've talked about prolon before. I was going to interview Liz Cully about it because she's done it a few times and prolon is that like clinically proven way to like fast while you're still eating and it's supposed to help with cell, you know, turnover and all the stuff. So because it's four days apparently and it's, you know, you're eating like broth soups and all like a few olives and I mean, it looks, I mean, you're, you're starving basically. It's like, you know, probably less than a thousand calories. Um, and and I saw Chelsea post, you know, people are asking me why I do this. And she's a health coach. I mean, she does help women lose weight. And, you know, she's like the Teddy, she's, uh, does that like Teddy Mellencamp. She's part of like the Teddy Mellencamp crew, um, the, like the accountability co- coaching type of mentality where, you know, eat plant-based, eat clean, eat, you know, whole foods and get out the junk, stay close, you know, stay focused on your goals, that type of thing. And, and again, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think that there's a lot of wellness people that are trying to live that really clean lifestyle. It's, it's, you know, that strict and that restrictive is not for me. I need a little bit more balance with some indulgences, but you know, I guess she was asked like, why are you doing this? Somebody like messaged her, like, like clearly you're like, have no fat on your body. Why are you doing this? And she, I think she does it for like a reset. She talked about, she wants the sket, the cell turnover. She wants whatever. She wants the health benefits that come with doing a reset like this. And here's the thing. Here's my, my philosophy with this. And here's like, there, there are wellness people that are very goal oriented, right? They like to set goals. And I'm one of these people. I like to set little goals and achieve those goals. And sometimes it is fun to do that with nutrition, like, like, you know, one carnivore day or, you know, one or two days with all protein and vegetables. And it's, it's kind of like this goal you set for yourself. And I know like in diet culture, this can be looked at as like negatively because, you know, they, people can fall off track and then lose self-esteem because they feel bad about themselves. But there are other people out there that are really goal-oriented that like to challenge themselves. Do an Ironman, do, you know, the turkey trots or the the different, you know, marathon races or 5Ks. Like there's just these little challenges. And I think people can do that with nutrition and with health and, you know, it cleanses, if you will. And I think that there are some cleanses that are better than others. I think that, you know, incorporating some food into a cleanse is really important. I think the juice cleanses are bullshit. Um, again, this is all personal opinions, but I do understand why people like to reset. I, I feel like I need a reset after this crazy week. And, 
after everything I've been through with this stress of this case and, you know, whatever. I, I will probably do a reset at some point. I don't know what that will be, but food will be involved. It will not be a juice juice cleanse. That is for sure. Anyway, that was a side note, but, um, but I do believe in this, this, uh, weight set point theory. Okay. This is where I was getting to with this healthy with Chelsea. So healthy with Chelsea, Chelsea could do, could eat so much more than she does and still maintain her weight because she's so athletic. I mean, she's constantly teaching fitness classes and out her runs and running all over the place. She's a mom. She's so busy, but she doesn't. And you know, your body can maintain with a with a range of calories. So you can be on the lower end of that range and still maintain and the higher end of that range and still maintain. And I'm like, why wouldn't you want to be on the higher end of that range? You get to eat a lot of good food. So, I mean, again, that's the Italian side of me coming through that loves food and loves to eat, loves to celebrate with food. And I just think, I don't know, look, life would not be as fun to me if I was constantly restricting like that. But again, that's just me. So, um... Now, she did mention, now Emily was talking about body checking, which I talked about, I think in my last episode, she talks about how she used to body check and do the same exact thing that I said I do. So eh, I guess Emily would say that's disordered. But, um, you know, like my body check over this past week has been like, oh, my stomach is rumbling and blah, like feels so gross. And um, I have not gotten on the scale because, uh, yeah, we've been off. But um, anyway, she talked about how it's not good. She would, how Emily would like examine her stomach. You know, does it feel bigger? Does it look bigger? She, you know, she'd examine it. And again, I I do that too. So I guess I do still have some some disordered stuff in there. But anyway, um, she said she's not doing that. Well, she said she was doing it into recovery and it was a compulsion for a while, but now she doesn't do that. And she does, she actually doesn't even think about it. So yeah, we'll see if I get there someday. Um, but she said that her life is so much better now that she's not putting so much thought into her body and her size. Um, and I mean, you know, now she's, now she is hosting Diet Starts Tomorrow. So you know, she still is talking about it a lot, but she sees herself as recovered, which I think is great. Um, and again, you know, Emily had some, some, you know, more extreme, um, you know, body issues when she was younger with her parents, with a lot of stuff. So I do understand why she like vehemently opposes doing things like body checking and sees that, you know, she's clear of that in her recovery. And that's a positive thing for her. Um, again, to each his own. I do what's right for me and Emily does what's right for her. And, um, and I'm here to talk about it all. All right. So let's move on to principle number seven, which is cope with your emotions with kindness. And so this is all about, so the, the again, seventh principle of intuitive eating, cope with your emotions with kindness. There are healthy ways to address your emotions without turning to food-related behaviors. I guess I'm the biggest culprit of this because 
I definitely do a lot of stress eating, a lot of emotional eating, a lot of anxiety eating. And before she dives headfirst into this episode, she did want to talk slightly about the last ep- the last principle, number six, actually like feeling your hunger and stopping in the middle to ask, like, am I eating just to eat? Am I too full? And she she just wanted to point out, she felt like she was covering a different principle last time, but she really wanted to make sure that she covered this one where you're actually feeling your hunger. And I mean, in that question, am I eating just to eat? For me, that's a yes. Like I'm eating to experience the texture in my mouth and the deliciousness of the sugar and the butter and all the stuff that I'm eating because it's delicious. And I, again, I, I'm clearly not following these full intuitive eating principles because I know I'm too full. Like I'll still eat when I'm feeling, well, I did put down half the cupcake the other day because I'm like, if I finish this cupcake, I actually will throw up. Um, and so I stopped. <laughs> so I, I mean, I eat through that, which again, not a principle of intuitive eating, but that's what you're supposed to do so that you don't do those things. You're supposed to like really think about it. Like, am I actually just eating because I'm I'm enjoying the sensation of eating? And that's supposed to not be why you're eating. And I, I mean, again, we started this podcast because I, I just love to eat. And, and again, I'm trying to manage, you know, the, the not gaining a ton of weight from that because, uh, I don't know. I mean, I I just think there's people that enjoy the process of eating. And I mean, I guess that's not a good thing in the intuitive eating realm. Um, But that's my Italian culture. We like to eat. So, but, but this principle is all about, you know, not eating till you're overfull. It's about noticing how full you are and knowing when to stop. And so, so she talks about how, you know, she wanted to tell a story about something that happened to her, which she says she usually experiences this when she's at a family gathering and she's like, she'll keep eating because there's so much good food around. And she was at her father's for father's day and he had a barbecue and he was, you know, barbecuing hamburgers and hot dogs. And she loves that stuff. So she was eating a lot of that and she was so full that she just couldn't eat dessert. And she's like, typically, if there's a dessert there, I'm, I'll eat it. She said, but people were wondering, like, why aren't you eating the pie? Why? And she's not a pie eater in general, but she's like, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to, like, be a people pleaser. I'm not just going to do that to be polite. And she didn't. She didn't eat it. She stuck to her decision because it was what was right for her. And I think that that absolutely ties into people pleasing, which, you know, I try really hard not to be a people pleaser because, you know, a lot of women were raised to be people pleasers and, you know, clean your plate and, you know, do what's socially accepted. And that's how a lot of us have been like sexually abused in our lives and put up with a lot of bullshit we should not have put up with in our lives as women. Um, but she's tying it mainly to, you know, saying no to dessert and just doing what's right for her in that moment. And so, uh, and so she, despite the fact that she was potentially perceived as rude or, you know, weird for not wanting dessert, she listened to her body. She realized she was already full and she made this decision to not eat that dessert. Now, 
I will say I, I now do that. I used to just stuff dessert in, but now like I really want to enjoy dessert if I'm going to eat dessert. So I will wait until like, like over Thanksgiving, you know, I didn't eat dessert right away. I ate my meal and then I continued to drink wine. And then after I smoked a little weed, I got the munchies again and then I had dessert. <laughs> so that was what was right for me. Um, and so back to number seven. So, so, but Emily just wanted to point that out that really that's what the principle is all about is just listening to yourself and doing what's right for your body at the time and listening to those, those cues of fullness and not just blindly pushing past those. Okay, so back to the number seven, which is all about coping with your emotions with kindness. And so the official definition from uh, intuitiveeating.org is recognize that food restriction, both physically and mentally, can trigger loss of control, which can feel like emotional eating. Find ways to comfort, distract, nurture, and resolve your issues. Anxiety, frustration, boredom, anger are all normal emotions we all feel through life, but food won't solve those issues. You will eventually need to deal with those emotions. And look, I know I'm not eating because I think it's going to solve my my problems. You know, I'm doing it. Typically, I'm doing it at night when I'm. I think it. I think boredom ties in there, and I think just I like to I like to eat while I'm watching TV. And I know that you're not supposed to do that, but I like to do that. And so I'm usually eating to entertain myself and then also so I sleep better because I do sleep better on a full stomach, not an overly full stomach when I'm feeling sick. That can backfire. Um, But, you know, just feeling full like that a lot of times just makes me want to pass out, which I like. So I think honestly, that's like if you if you look at like my emotional eating and anxiety eating this week, I mean, that's what it's been. And I've, I'm not gently dealing with my emotions with that. I'm trying, I, I guess I am using it to cope, but also just trying to get through the day and get to where I can sleep and then wake up the next day and it's a new day. And I'm one step closer to hearing the verdict. I hate, I don't like going through life like this. Like I, I want to really live each day to the fullest and enjoy each day. this has just been a unique time in my life where I'm just trying to get to the outcome so I can move on and be focused on other things. At least I'm not Jen Shaw waiting for, you know, my sentence and (laughs) to go to jail, right? I have a new, you know, I've been like looking at all these court cases and, and a lot of people are just literally waiting for their sentences. So I could be in a much more difficult place. So I should, I should count my blessings. Anyway, Um, But Emily thinks it's okay to eat, to comfort eat every once in a while. She's like, look, it's a good way to cope with emotions. But if every time you're stressed or angry, you always overeat, you should analyze those underlying emotions. You know, it can distract, but problems will still be there. And duh, like I know that, you know, and I mean, I'm not saying duh to Emily. I'm just saying like, it, it is an important principle to know. It is an important principle to be aware of and... Um, you know, I know it's not going to solve my problems, but sometimes I'm just trying to get through that day. And, you know, you take it one day at a time when you're going through a really difficult phase. And sometimes if food is going to help you get through that day, I mean, I'm, I'm like more power to you. At least that's how I am being with myself because I'm just like, this is what I need right now. I'm going to give it to myself and not beat myself up for it. So, um, now 
she brought up that Demi Lovato is actually a good example of a person that's like a good role model about someone that's been open about her eating disorder and her struggle with drugs and alcohol. She talked about her documentary that, that, you know, where Demi was talking about how she thought she had to be thin to be worthy and successful and accepted. And I mean, the whole child actor thing is really messes people up. This, she, Emily taped this before the whole, um, you know, the whole uh, frozen yogurt debacle where Demi Lovato, like, basically tried to cancel this yogurt shop for having sugar-free items for diabetics. And she took it as, like, a diet culture thing. And the, the, the poor ice cream shop is just like, um, we have people that are diabetic that come in and want to have some, some sugar-free frozen yogurt. You know, it's not a diet culture thing. So... You know, I, I definitely, um, I think that, I think the example of Demi Lovato is a good one to shun perfectionism because I guess that, that documentary, I didn't, I didn't see that documentary. I don't know if a lot of you saw it. A lot of people had problems with it because there was backlash because she was still, I guess, using drugs during that documentary. And she kind of talked about, I think how she was in recovery, but, um, but obviously, you know, she struggled with a lot of different things with, you know, drug addiction and alcohol and, and, you know, or just substance abuse in general and in eating disorder. And I mean, you know, imagine if you're scrutinized by the time, you know, from the time you're a child and you're in the public view, that's got to mess you up. So I don't know that, that Demi Lovato is like uh, the best role model, but I think the way that she's really tried to shun perfectionism is a good example to all of us, especially women that were brought up to think they have to be perfect. And and that could be just society's messages. It doesn't have to come from our parents. But I think a lot of women were have this like, we need to be perfect. We need to do everything right. We need to, you know, be small. We need to, you know, all of these messages that have been drilled into our head from society we're trying to like reverse those now and and get back to a sense of of normalcy but um but i do think that overall the pursuit of perfection is pointless thin doesn't equal happy you know no one is perfect and you really just need to give yourself grace um but you know overall i think i mean i think emily spoke well about the fact that look People are going to use food as comfort sometimes. Food is comforting. Um, is that going to solve all your problems? No, you know. But um, it's so funny because I had not heard of the term emotional eating until my when I worked in the weight loss industry. And at first I was like, oh, I don't do this, you know. But the longer I counseled women about it, I almost feel like I picked up some of their behaviors and started... I remember I was, I started like eating a whole box of biscotti at the end of the day after I'd like be counseling these women all day. And I'm like, hmm, am I doing that because I had a stressful day and I need to relax? I don't know. Now I do recognize, um, I'm just very in tune with who I am, what my body needs, um, you know, and, and, but I, I am like very analytical about all of it. And so, I don't know. I, I, I definitely stressy emotional eat. I mean, I did an episode about the difference because there are times where I'm so in such a deep state of trauma that I completely lose my appetite. So it can go either way. Like some days I'm so anxious that I just lose all appetite and can't eat. And there's days that I overeat. 
I don't really know exactly what the difference is, except when it's like something really devastating and like earth shattering for me, I can't eat. But when it's just like this low grade anxiety, that's when I just want to like eat till I pass out at night. So I think this principle is good because there's obviously much better ways to manage your emotions rather than turning to food. Um, you know, exercise. I mean, I, I work out a lot to, um, to relieve anxiety and stress. So I think that's a good way I, I relieve it rather than just always turning to food. So I think this message is really for people that are always turning to food where it becomes, you know, a problem. Um, I think if you're able to incorporate, you know, other ways that are holistic of, of reducing your stress and reducing and, and managing, managing your, your anxiety and your emotions, you know, you'll be okay. Okay, I was going to try to get through the rest of the principles. There's three more. I have eight, nine, and ten. So I think what I'll do is I will do another episode for next week and finish those up. And then after that, I do have a really interesting story to tell uh, along with a reason that I'm going to be changing my logo soon. And it'll come with a review of a podcast I have not done yet that I've been wanting to do for a little while, ever since I got this interesting message from somebody on Instagram. So I'll tell you more about that next week uh, after I finish this last RAP Diets review, and we'll move forward with this new podcast that I am very interested in. But um, there's 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 an interesting story surrounding it. So I'm going to leave you in suspense. And um, in the meantime, please follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Uh, please, I did open up my personal Instagram, Veronica.Santarelli. Please give me a follow there too. And if there's any topics you want to hear about, any additional podcasts you think I should hear and review, please DM me. I would love to hear from you. I love hearing from my listeners. And um, until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.